sit down and buckle up. It's time for Track Talk with Bryce Sparling and Matt Ridgeway. of TM5's Track Talk. I am Bryce Sparling. Here with me, as always, the man on the track that gives us the insider information every single week, Mr. Matt Ridgway. Matt, how are you doing today, man? I am fantastic. I'm ready to get on a plane, go to Chicago, and do this damn thing. Yeah, you get to this. What? Let's see. This is, what, three or four races in a row that you've been to, like, places? Have you ever been to Chicago, like, just the city in general? Yes, I went in 2016 uh, to see the uh, Braves play the Cubs at Wrigley Field. I forgot about that. That is a bucket list type thing right there, man. That's, yes, yeah. that's, that's what it was. That's exactly it. was just, I, I want to see the Braves play the Cubs at Wrigley Field. Me and my dad had always talked about it since childhood. I'd just gotten out of the Army. We had the uh, funds to do it, so we did it. Have you ever been to Fenway and seen him play? I have not, but Fenway is on my list. Uh, when we go to New Hampshire in two weeks. That'll be awesome. That'll be, yeah. Fenway. I think, I've, I think it's like an hour drive to Fenway or something. That's not bad. So it's not bad. Not bad, yeah. I've, I've driven past Fenway, but I've never, I've flown past Fenway, excuse me. I've flown past it. Uh, seen it from, from an airplane, but I've, I've never been to it, never driven past it. That's, that's one of those, that's another, that's like Soldier Field and Wrigley Field and all those historic stadiums. Like, it's just a bucket list stadium we got to go to. Yeah. I feel the same way. Uh, last week, NASCAR was in Nashville, and I, you know what? I, I've got to say, I think overall, this was the best weekend of racing NASCAR has had all year long, as far as the trucks all the way up to the the Cup Series car. I think overall, this was the best weekend for actual pure enjoying enjoyment of, of racing uh, that I've seen out of NASCAR so far this season. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, I know trucks, so I got to see trucks and Xfinity. Uh, I watched Xfinity from the hotel, my God. I think at one point we were on lap 70 working our seventh caution of a race. It was I, bad. I, I, didn't know, I didn't know if that race was ever going to end. That was worse <laughs> than I racing. Um, but no, sorry, I'm drinking coffee while we're doing. No, you're good. I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm drinking got a coffee long too. Day ahead of me, so <laughs> in the middle of my sentence, I just decided to take a big old swig of coffee, <laughs> um, so everybody can get over it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I uh, I had a great weekend. It was awesome. I'm ready to talk about it. I thought it was great all around the board. I thought all three races were good. It seems like the fan reaction was all positive. So um, that that's what else can you ask for? Yeah, and it was fun. This was the first weekend I got to sit. I got to sit down and I watched the entirety of the truck race, the Xfinity race, and the Cup Series race. This is the this is the first weekend that I've got to sit down and watch the entirety of all three races live. Sometimes I'll go back and rewatch them, you know, recorded or whatever. But uh, yeah, yeah. This, this is the first weekend I've got to do it, and it was a great weekend to do it because it was it was phenomenal. Uh, Nick Sanchez got the pole for the Truck Series race. Uh, ended up finishing in third. Uh, Carson Hosovar won the race great job by Carson Hosevar Nick Sanchez had a really good truck really good run uh, at the end he decided to take four tires and I think I don't know seven or eight cars in front of him took two tires uh, and it was one of those cases where he passed as many like he went I, I think he restarted with three laps to go in 12th and ended up finishing in third um, so that's one of those cases where if, if he, they'd have had one more lap, Nick Sanchez would have won. But, you know, it is what it is. And Carson Hosovar was in front when that checkered flag flew. Um, and it was it was great, man. Great back and forth uh, racing. Um, I, I tell you, man, I'm, I'm really, really enjoying the feature that I didn't know existed. It's probably existed for a long time. Uh, the fact that I can listen to in-car radios from the comfort of my own sofa. That's pretty amazing. I, I, I enjoy that quite a bit. Yeah, it is. Uh... It's pretty awesome. I'm, I didn't know that you didn't know about that. For anybody that that doesn't know uh, what I told Bryce that I'll tell you is you can go on the NASCAR app and subscribe. It's like, I don't know, Bryce, what's the price? I think it's four ninety nine a month. Yeah. Yeah. It's like five and, bucks. And you get all in-car audio in, in live time. 
Uh, now, lifetime being a relative term, uh, I'm going to hear it on my radio at the track, well, about 45 seconds before you hear it on your scanner. Um, but if you have, like, direct TV or something, you can pause the TV for about 45 seconds or so and then press play. And then you should be hearing what I'm hearing in my radio pretty close to real time. And you can do that with anybody. You don't have to listen. It's not like you're, don't listen, don't buy this to hopefully hear me on the radio. I have not spoken on the radio one time this year. Uh, and unless I'm on fire, I have no intentions of it. Um, but you can listen to our radio and it's pretty, if you've never listened to a scanner uh, during a race, it is an absolute game changer. Uh, it just brings you, especially if you have one particular favorite driver and that's the only reason you watch, uh, there's no need to listen to Jeff Burton and Dale Earnhardt Jr. yell at you at the top of their lungs. Um, <laughs> you can just mute the TV and listen to the scanner. And, and that's, to me, that's every bit as good as, as everything else. I, I loved it. Yeah. I, the, one of the things, I don't know if you know this answer, but one of the things that I picked up listening to the truck race is so I didn't know y'all had fans on your brakes. Um, I, I didn't know that existed. Yep. They were talking about turning off and on the fans and stuff like that. And then yes. in, in the truck series, they were talking about a blue switch. They never explained what the blue switch was, but I heard blue switch over everybody's radio every now and then about their restarting kind of thing. Uh, so I couldn't tell you exactly what it is. Um, there's no required switches for interior for driver controls as to what the um, so like you can run brake fans and you don't have to run brake fans so some you now obviously of a track like Nashville where you're pretty heavy on the brakes uh, some of the smaller tracks you run brake fans like when we go to Atlanta next weekend we're not going to have brake fans even in the car so you won't hear any of that on the radio I don't know what the blue switch is in context uh, but clearly that team also doesn't want you to know what the blue switch is in context. <laughs> that's kind of what I was thinking too. <laughs> that's, that is, uh, and, and it may be code. There may not be any switch in there that's blue, <laughs> but that driver knows what he's talking about. Um, uh, it sounds like, I mean, I would think like my, my immediate reaction is sounds like traction control or something, uh, <laughs> something illegal, something shady. You remember to, for launch, for launching, there was a, Rumors back in the day that Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss had traction control in their car and NASCAR could never find it. Um, it. It got so bad to one point NASCAR called a big competitors meeting and basically said, in not so many terms, we know someone has traction control and we're not saying anything more than that. But if you get caught with it, basically it will be the end of your life in this sport. Uh, and uh, and I, I don't know what the fallout of that was. To my knowledge, they never caught it, uh, obviously. Uh, but there were there were long rumors that that Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss found a way to uh, incorporate that. So yeah, that's what it makes me think of when you say the blue switch. But uh, it could be a number of things, Bryce. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, tra I didn't even think about traction control. I thought about like driver comfort stuff like they wanted to turn off yeah, something that pulled power during the restarts so the truck had more power during the restarts or or something like that I, so I that's that is exactly why you hear on the radio them reminding them to flip their switches because like under caution uh and stuff with before restart you you basically shut off everything that that would rob the engine of horsepower uh and then about five laps in once the brakes are up to temp uh, and the field has kind of settled out, you'll hear them uh, remind the drivers to make sure they flip those fans back on. Yep. That, that's kind of what I figured. It, it, it's really neat. It's really neat listening to the drivers. I was, um, so, uh, so Carson Hosovara wins the Truck Series race. I listened to Nick Sanchez pretty much the entire time. Uh, one of the things I did notice about Nashville, though, everybody's radios seemed to be having issues. And, like, it, it wasn't just one make or model it wasn't just one manufacturer it wasn't just one team it seemed like everybody at some point during the weekend had radio issues for some reason in nashville i don't i it may be i don't know if that's a nashville thing the network thing i have no idea my my team personally has had radio issues about every race all year long i don't know and at this point it's almost like we 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 plan for that uh I, I just don't know how, and no nobody knows. Our IT people don't know. Our 
at track people don't know. Nobody knows why Ryan Priest cannot hear Chad Johnston on the backstretch of the racetrack. Um, but that, that's something that we've dealt with for so long this year that at this point, we just accept that that's the way it's going to be and we just move on. So it's uh, frustrating. I'm glad to know my team is not the only one. Obviously, I'm only scanning uh, the 41 car. Sometimes, like, if there's a practice or something and we're in Group B, but Eric or Kevin or somebody are, is in Group A, I'll flip over to their channel and scan that um, just so I can hear what they're talking about um, while, that pra- while that car's out on track. But for the most part, I don't hear anybody else's radio uh, outside of that one example. So I don't know what everybody's deal is. I don't know what – I can't even tell you what our deal is. Uh, but I, we definitely have a deal, so I'm glad – uh, other people are having a deal also yeah everybody everybody suffered it uh at nashville every single scanner that i listened to uh seemed like they were having communication errors it you know talking you talked about priests and it was funny a couple times uh jj would come on the you know the radio and say something to priests is like i i didn't hear a single thing you just said man if you i'm sorry it it, it was fine the first half and then you garbled the second half and i couldn't hear it yeah and same for the spotter sometimes the spotter can't now see the thing is whenever the spotter and driver key up and say they can't hear Chad on the top of the box. I can I can hear him. I heard the transmission from Chad and it was fine. So I don't know, but I'm also standing next to Chad. Like for the most part, Chad's on the far. If you're looking at the pit box at the from pit road, Chad is on the far right. Um, and and usually I am standing on the ground to the immediate vicinity of Chad so that Chad can look down and yell air pressure adjustments at me at any point and I'm fairly close enough to either if not hear him read his lips uh, and know what he's saying but I can always hear those transmissions when Ryan says he can't uh, and, and Andy up top on the Andy Houston is our spotter um, and when Andy says that he can't hear Chad I it always seems that I should hear him so I don't know. Maybe I have the one working radio of the whole team. And what seems crazy to me is you think about Formula One. Like, the only place in the entire Formula One calendar where they lose radio communications is the tunnel at Monaco. I mean, like, you think about, yeah. how, you think about how big Spa is. Like, Spa's massive. But they don't ever lose communication with their drivers at Spa. I wonder what they do differently than NASCAR does with their radio communications. Yeah, I have no idea. I, as far as I'm concerned, they're on another planet of technology. Like they're, we're <laughs> cavemen, Neanderthals compared to the, whatever they've got going. Because you hear that, like, you can almost hear their radios on TV in real time with the little chime that everybody knows. That <laughs> you hear it in your head. Like, <laughs> two, two seconds, Ted. <laughs> that's so, uh, that's the best part is when when uh, Ted's going through something and you hear that, and you're like, two seconds, Ted. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, so yep. yeah, Carson, and, uh, Car- your, your ears perk up. So you hear it immediately, yep. <laughs> especially if it has a Mercedes badge to it. I'm like, Oh, well, all right. What are we doing now? What's the, uh, or a Ferrari. Yep. If they're giving the wrong, uh, wrong directions again, yep. uh, over in the, uh, over in the Xfinity series race, AJ Allmendinger wins after leading 25 laps. It was another competitive race that, like you said, the first 70 laps. And I listened to Cole, uh, during this race. And I remember Cole coming on the radio, like lap 70, he goes, Jesus, he goes, I think he said something like 80% of our laps so far have been caution laps. He was like, I don't understand why we have so many caution laps to clean up small incidents, like incidents that shouldn't take this long to clean up. But I I was with you, man. I didn't know if that Xfinity race was ever going to get over. Yeah, I, I, same. I I mean, I was having fun. I didn't have any plans. I was at the hotel. Uh, We were going to go out to eat. Um, I never saw downtown Nashville, by the way. Oh, dang. um, Yeah, so for those that don't know, uh, Nashville Super Speedway is in Lebanon, uh, (laughs) Tennessee. I didn't know that. Which is like, yeah, the equivalent. And then I was staying south of Lebanon. So it's like, it it, it would be the equivalent uh, for our West Georgia listeners. It would be the equivalent of telling people that I'm in Atlanta but I'm in Alpharetta, which is not Atlanta at all. Uh, or I'm in Stone Mountain, or I'm in Hampton, Hampton. where the racetrack is. Yeah, that's Atlanta what I was about to say. <laughs> it's like 45 minutes south of Atlanta, nowhere near Atlanta. Um, but, yeah, so that's uh, that's where I was this weekend. Uh, 
I never saw downtown Nashville. Didn't didn't bother to go look. So um, it's pretty yeah, that's, pretty fun, pretty fun little pretty fun little place. And that's what I've heard. Uh, I'll go check it out someday, but that wasn't the day. So yeah, AJ Allmendinger wins after leading twenty five laps. Uh, I I really thought uh, Cole Custer was going to have a good run at it. Man, he led thirty two laps, really strong at the end. I think he got shuffled back at the end due to some pitch strategy and stuff. I remember I went to go get a get another beer, and I came back and Cole was like in like thirteenth or fourteenth place because of. Uh, just green flag pit stops and then i think there was a yellow flag that kind of screwed him or something like that uh but he had he had a strong car man he's one of those guys that both of us kind of expect a little bit more out of this year than i think that he's gotten so far this year and he's one of those guys that i i really think might have a good shot of moving up into the cup series next year i think he's a very very talented driver it just the um he's got one win so he's locked into the playoffs but I think we kind of expected him to be closer to double-digit wins towards the end of the season. Yeah, um, I I don't know, man. I I still think they could get there, but I don't. I just think, to be honest, like if I'm cold, I know the Cup Series is the show. It's like it's the major leagues. I get it, but if you're cold, you and and just stepping, removing myself from the situation for a second. Where Stuart Haas Racing is on a cup level and where Stuart Haas Racing is on the Xfinity level is a pretty big gap. Like, I would say right now, unless you're in the four car and your name is Kevin Harvick, you virtually have no shot to win. I mean, with 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 exceptions, right. like certainly Martinsville, uh, we should have won New Hampshire. We plan on winning. Like I'm, I mean, there's, there are, there are exceptions to the rule. But just generally speaking, the Fords and Stuart Haas Racing, in particular, in the NASCAR Cup Series, are not on a winning level week to week. Um, I don't think that's. Uh, I don't think I'm going to get fired for saying that. I mean, no, everybody it's, it's with a correct observation. Say, yeah. Go go read our social media comment section on literally any post. Uh, especially qualifying. Go do yourself a treat this weekend. After we qualify in the 50s, uh, go and they make the social media posts showing the starting positions and all four of them start with a two or a three. Uh, make sure you click the comment sections and just thumb through those for a minute. Oh, God. <laughs> That's, uh, it is an absolute train wreck. But people are tired of it. People have high expectations for a, a company that should be competing for wins and championships uh, and is struggling to compete for freaking stage wins right now but um i digress uh what were we talking about bryce oh uh, we were talking about cole custer possibly moving up <laughs> oh, to yeah. uh yeah. It, why know. why would you want to come back to the cup series like yeah. i i mean other than than it is the cup series and, and maybe you make more money i don't know cole i don't think cole was ever a uh, a big money kind of guy um but at the same time like i and if you go back and listen to Cole's, like the day Cole got quote unquote demoted back to the Xfinity series and Ryan Priest was announced as the driver of the 41, Cole went on to Sirius XM uh, on the Dave Moody show and had an interview, which I was surprised that he was willing to do that. I, I would I would think it would be relative social media silence from his side, from his camp. Uh, and, and Cole went on the air with Dave Moody and and of course Dave being a reporter is going to ask the tough questions you know how do you deal with essentially a demotion and his answer was um, you know I just want to race and I want to win races and I, I have a chance to do that in the Xfinity series and I'm excited I, I just want to race so now all that could be towing the party line uh, and certainly you would understand that but at the same time if that's the way he really feels why would you want to go back to the cup series right now like you have a really a forever good point. ride in the company you, you're never you never have to leave the company your dad is a huge big wig in the company and i and i know everybody has their feelings about that but i don't think there's any doubt that cole can drive a race car i mean if there is i don't know what else he can do to prove it um, he came up to the Cup Series in 20, 
he won a race in his rookie season. It was a restart. I, I understand he didn't just dominate, but still a win. The dude has run in the top five, and then and then we went nosedive. Um, and and while I think I'm inclined to think that Ryan Priest is probably an overall better talent, uh, I think Ryan Priest is really underrated, and I wish we had the equipment to show that that, that he's been undervalued and underappreciated. Um, but again, off on a tangent, I I think if you're cold, what do you have to prove? A stay in Xfinity right now, while the Cup Series figures itself out, and and win and have fun and enjoy yourself while there's no pressure. Yeah, and he's still <clears throat> he's relatively young, and like you said, right now the Stuart Haas Cup cars are they're not really going to compete for wins week in and week out, but. So the Xfinity car, like Cole's already won in an Xfinity car. So we know they're capable of that. And he's had strong runs at a lot of different, a lot of different tracks. I mean, that's, that might not be a bad idea in 2024. Just stick it out in Xfinity. See what happens with the development of the Stuart Haas uh, car in the cup. And then, you know, 2025, maybe revisit and see if you want to go back to the cup series. But uh, yeah, you, I mean, I would want to be in a car, no matter what the series in is in that's competing for wins rather than just being in the premier series with a week in and week out largely uncompetitive car like yeah, yeah that's a good point that's a really just good point just to be there just to be there yeah yeah just to be there um yeah that's a good point i didn't think about that so aj almondinger wins the xfinity series um both cole custer and chandler smith both had really good cars uh chandler smith in, ended up finishing outside of the top 10 cole custer just inside the top 10 uh, finishing in ninth, flipping it over to the Cup Series uh, at Nashville. That thing acting all weird. Uh, Ross Chastain captures a victory, and and I was gonna bring this up this week if Ross Chastain didn't have a good race. Um, but ever since he sort of got sat down, and I don't know what was told to him, but he he got sat down a couple weeks ago after. It seemed like he wanted to punch everybody in the paddock and everybody wanted to punch him. Um, I, forget, <laughs> I, forget, I forget who he got sat down by, but it was one of the, it was one of the big wigs on his team. It's, it was his owner, Justin Marks. Yes, yes, it was Justin Marks. Yeah, him and Justin Marks had a, had a little sit-down chat maybe a month ago. And ever since then, like it seemed like the results weren't there for Ross Chastain. And I don't know if the timing is just coincidence, but it kind of seemed weird that, that him and Justin Marks had a sit-down chat and then after that, Ross's, you know, results just sort of seemed to go away a bit. But, I mean, that that all kind of went away now that he won a race at Nashville and, you know, did it in fairly dominating fashion. Led, led almost a third of the laps they raced there. It was really good racing. Um, Martin Truex Jr. and Denny Hamlin were two and three. Chase Elliott four. Kyle Larson five. And William Byron six. So a bunch of Hendrick cars up there. But uh, but Ross looked good, man, and um, I, I'm I'm telling you, the more the more I watch Ross race, and the more I hear and listen to him, the more of a fan I become of Ross Chastain. Yeah, I I don't know how you couldn't. Um, he's he is definitely a name that's not going anywhere. If you don't like him, uh, sorry. That you know I've made my feelings pretty clear about him in the past. I'm I'm warming up to him. I'm I'm accepting that. Ross is Ross and, and Ross is gonna Ross and that's just part of it <laughs> uh, but at the same time you know you, you have a guy that while can get under people's skin and rub people the wrong way does it very much his own way and and let's, let's just go ahead and address the elephant in the room may have the single most iconic move ever pulled in the cup series like i we have dale's pass in the grass that that wasn't a pass and i don't know why it's called that um but like it, it may have been unseated by ross chastain's hail melon at the end of martinsville last year and just the guy is he's a whole brand and he's good for the sport and you don't have to like him it's okay to not like him everybody needs their detractors you need your you know, villains it's okay to, yes yeah but but I think that he's good for the sport and uh, his success is good for the sport. Uh, the underdog story. He, and that's another thing. He has the story. He is, uh, he had to scrap to get what his daddy didn't buy him a car, a nope. seat in NASCAR. 
he had to drive motorhomes uh, just to get to the track. Uh, his transportation to the track was driving owners motorhomes for them so that he could be there in case somebody needed a backup driver at certain points. He was there just to fill in in case. Uh, so certainly he's, he's put in the work to earn a shot um, and he's made a shot count. So uh, I think the win was inevitable. I think the storyline of him uh, kind of losing it after getting set down was a little bit overblown. I, I know because of the results that followed the very public um, not feud, but but flow of information of Rick Hendrick, who is Mr. Chevrolet, in case you didn't know, uh, saying that that boy's going to stop wrecking my cars. Like, <laughs> when you get acknowledgement from Rick Hendrick like that, that's what prompts the sit-down from Justin Marks. Like, okay, but uh, in case you didn't know, we're a Chevrolet team, and we need Chevrolet's resources, and you have made Mr. Chevrolet... Um, upset <laughs> so uh, for the best interest in this entire organization let's let's uh tone it let's get that guy off our back for right now and i i think that's all that conversation was i know people are gonna speculate on the what else it could have been but i think that's what it was i think it was just hey look we this is not a guy we need mad at us let's let's tone it down a couple of weeks let everybody let out cool heads prevail and then, and then you can go back to, to doing your thing. Um, so we have speed in the cars. We've known that Trackhouse is a good organization, bring fast cars every week. Uh, it was anybody's surprise. Ross Chastain showed up and just, I think, was the best car probably all weekend. Uh, qualified on pole. Yep. Uh, and and won the race. So. Do you think? Do you think anything about that interaction between Ross Chastain and Rick Hendrick and Justin Marks? where Ross is kind of being told how to race and how he should race. Do you think anything is going to come about that when it's time for Ross to decide if he wants to remain in a Chevrolet? Uh, no, because Ross has already signed a long-term deal earlier this year. Oh, did he? Uh, yeah. He re-signed with, uh, because he had a chance, uh, he had a chance to go other places. Uh, and he stayed a track house. And that's, I don't think Trackhouse has any plans on changing it. Now, if Trackhouse goes to like Toyota or something, then that's, uh, that's out of Ross's hands. But uh, Ross re-signed, I don't know what the, the terms are, but it's a long-term deal with Trackhouse. He's going to be there, uh, if not his entire career, the next foreseeable future. Um, they're getting a new sponsor next year, for anybody that hasn't heard those rumors. A, uh, oh, yeah, a who certain, was it? A certain beer brand that is very prominent in the sport is, is going to be on that car next year. Well, who, who, who was, uh, it? was it Coors Light? Who was it? Crap, not on No, it was an, it's Anheuser. Anheuser, and that's who it was. Uh, okay. Yeah, it, it's but so Bush the the rumors are and I'm not confirming. Well, it's the it's, rumors are. Did they not the, that confirm it? Bush is leaving Stuart Haas Racing and going to Trackhouse to be on the one car next year. Uh, I thought they already confirmed that. No, no, oh. it has not been confirmed. Oh. It was, yeah, it was all over Reddit though. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, it's all everywhere. It was acknowledged on Door Bumper Clear podcast by one of the hosts. Uh, uh, I think Freddie Kraft it just flat out said it. Um, yeah, those guys are okay. Those guys, those guys usually aren't wrong. Yeah, I mean, but, but second, second best industry, racing podcast. We'll, we'll say it this way: the industry rumor is that Anheuser Busch will be a track house next year. Yeah. Um, so, and I'd be surprised to see Anheuser Busch acknowledge that uh, I don't think they would disrespect Kevin Harvick like that um, or, or Stuart Haas Racing uh, we have a great relationship with, with that group uh, and I think all parties wanted it to continue but I think uh, Anheuser-Busch just didn't want to miss the opportunity to get their next guy uh, that, that is going to be a career ambassador and with with shaky waters to say the least uh, at Stuart Haas Racing uh, I think they just felt like that they they could not afford to miss that guy. Uh, he he deserves it. It's kind of on brand for them. Uh, um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see when when that announcement comes. If it comes, it could they could still announce. Maybe they like Josh Berry too. Uh, kind of the same story. Guy yeah. who struggled and worked his way there. So I don't know how sponsorship works. Yeah, not my department. 
Uh, I just turn wrenches, whatever's on the car. I, <laughs> for the most part, can care less. Um, Shoot, you so. don't even really turn wrenches much anymore. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm more turn a tape measure around tires and, and play with a scanner. Um, that's about the extent of my my uh, uh, work. But you never know. Uh, we'll see where life takes me. But so what you're telling me is Ross Chastain's a big Bud Light guy. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, could be, could be. Uh, it's, it's, he's gonna, probably going to be a Bush Light guy. I, I would suspect. Bush. I don't think they'll. Maybe though, because. So back in 2015, 16, whatever, yeah, 16 was the last year of Budweiser before Anheuser-Busch pulled Budweiser and replaced it with Bush Bush. um, as the sponsor of Kevin Harvick on the forefront. And that was a, from what I've heard, a marketing ploy because the Bush sales were struggling and Budweiser will never struggle. They'll always be a, a huge brand. They have the name brand. Uh, they have the Clydesdales. They have the Super Bowl commercials. They have. Uh, they did not need the extra attention uh, in NASCAR, and so they swapped for the Bush brand, which, by by my understanding, was pretty heavily struggling. Uh, and they they ramped up their presence in NASCAR with Bush, and their sales, I want to say, increased like tenfold between 16 and 17. Um, doesn't surprise so I me. That, yeah. Uh, so maybe the Bud Light brand is hurt so bad right now. It is Bud Light next year. <laughs> they'll do anything. They're trying to salvage that. Um, I don't know. That, that might whole, go the other way. That might make him hate them even more. Like that. Yeah, <laughs> good. I, don't, I don't know or care. It, it is what it is, but uh, it'll be interesting. They uh, they dug a deep hole with their most loyal fans. So I, that I, they did. Yeah, I, I don't understand that. Um, uh, a press release that I actually just saw that got released this morning. Uh, the Ream, Ream Brothers, RBR Racing. Um, uh, Reum Brothers. Yeah, Reum Brothers and Mason Massey have settled all disputes and have mutually parted ways. We are thankful for Mason's time at RBR, and we wish Mason the best of future racing endeavors. So now that as released, I can tell you what really happened. Um, Mason would show up to the track. He signed a deal with RBR that he would show up to these yep. th- these truck series tracks, and these trucks would be ready to go, ready for him to jump in and and you know haul butt down and do whatever he wants to do. He showed up multiple times to the track, and the trucks were dead. The trucks were not ready to race. They were not ready to crank. They were not ready to run. They were not race ready. Um, And this happened like seven races in a row. That's why you haven't seen Mason on the track for a long time. Uh, And his dad opened a lawsuit with RBR about essentially breaking contract with Mason. They told him that those trucks would be ready to go, and they were not 90% of the time when he got to the track. So there's been an ongoing lawsuit between the um, Massey Racing and RBR race or RBR, so uh, nice to see that they have they have mutually parted ways. I'd like to see Mason get in a, a competitive ride, a good car. We've seen a couple times where he's been able to drive a car, a top five, top ten. Um, you know, I, I don't want to go as far as to say that he's going to be, you know, a Cup champion anytime soon, but I think he's talented enough to compete in in the Xfinity Series, and we've seen him do that couple years ago um but he's he's got to get in this situation better than what rbr put him in yeah and i i we talked about this i think the, the last time we talked about uh mason on this podcast was after atlanta uh which we you know was obviously his hometown race and it it was a disaster that truck was off pace from lap one and made multiple trips to pit road to put the hood up and i'm just like I felt so bad for the dude because if there's anywhere you know that he wants to succeed, it's at a track like Atlanta where, you know, I don't want to, I'm not disrespecting him here, but but a, a lesser underfunded car has a higher chance of competing. I don't think that's, that's a, a controversial statement to make um, regarding Atlanta. It, it is a restrictor plate track for all intents and purposes and everybody knows that anybody can win on a restrictor plate track and i believe the year before he had like a top 10 or top five there yeah we Um, had we had three kids from west georgia finish inside the top 10 it was um yeah that's what it was and uh, he was one of them yeah he was it was mason austin hill and um uh brandon jones brandon jones yeah yeah 
yeah, in the in the I guess it was the Joe Gibbs nineteen at the time, but still a, a Georgia kid. Right. Um, yeah. So we talked about how devastating that, how disappointing it was to, to see that that truck was was basically out of contention from lap one, uh, and and I had not kept up with it. I knew the situation wasn't good. I knew that he had not been racing all that much lately, but um, I didn't know, I had no idea that, that it had gotten that bad, but I certainly understand it because if that was the contract that, you know, you signed a contract to, to show up and run for these guys and you show up without the ability to run for them because they don't have a car capable of getting on the track, you know, yeah. I understand it. I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad it's resolved. I hope he's getting some better opportunities. I thought I saw... I don't think I saw. I know I saw that he's going to run an Xfinity race here shortly that he announced. Oh. I believe he put on his social media that he has an Xfinity deal in place for an upcoming race. I don't know. Maybe it was Atlanta. I'm not sure. Um, But but certainly I saw that he announced something. So you can check his pages, his socials, and see what what that deal was. But the hell with that. I'll just text him. (laughs) <laughs> you can do that. Yeah. Um, Why isn't he on this podcast every week? Uh, I, I don't know, man. I can invite him if he wants to be on here. He's more than welcome to be on here. I mean, if, if you think I'm an insider, that guy, I, mean, I like you. you. Have you a professional in the marketing or not marketing? <laughs> a um, professional idiot. What's the word? <laughs> <laughs> you're a professional. We'll leave it at that. Uh, you're a professional, whatever. I'm a professional um, fan. Yeah. And then, uh, and then Mason, a driver from the West Georgia area, and then me, a mechanic, essentially, from the West Georgia area. Uh, I think that'd be cool. That'd be but, pretty cool, well, yeah. You know, whatever yeah, he wants to I'll do. I'll pitch it to him. I'll as long it. as he doesn't want, like, you know, a salary or anything. No, I don't think so. He's, he's dude, he's yeah, super laid-back, super laid-back kid. Um, the only reason I knew anything I'm, about I'm not I'm not cutting from my salary to give to him. So let's just establish <laughs> that right up front. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sending any of my paychecks uh, towards them. Um, the only reason I knew anything about that, we had yeah. we had lunch I'll with have, his dad. I'll have uh, a couple weeks ago. I'll, I'll, I was about to say it. I'll have my dad to do some briefing contract. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's uh, what's half a zero? Yeah, uh, negative half. <laughs> negative. That's a negative quarter zero. Uh, so so Ross Chastain wins the uh, he wins the race at Nashville. Not a bad run for y'all it, it, for Ryan Priest, man. I I really thought a top fifteen was was in the cards for you. Finished sixteenth, but one of the things that I noticed while watching the race is this is the eighth race in a row that Stuart Haas Racing and Ryan Priest have finished higher than they've qualified. So you talked last week sort of about yes. you're on the right trajectory. You're not where you want to be but the trajectory seems like it's pointing in the correct direction. Yeah. I mean, we kind of did the same thing again, man. I, I, we talked last week and I told you, I felt good about, um, the, the trajectory, but I was hoping for more. I was hoping for not the exact same thing. Um, I'll read you the stat that I saw. Okay. Largest plus or minus finishing position from starting position in the last five races. All right, you follow that? You yep. Let me read it again. Nope, I got it. I see what you're saying. Okay, so in in the Cup Series, the largest addition and subtraction from starting position to finishing position in the last five recent races. Number one, you want to take a guess who that is? Uh, Ryan Priest. Ryan Priest, number one, plus 56 positions. Whoa! That's, from start to finish over the last five races. That's eleven. So, that's essentially eleven I mean, positions that's, per that's, race. And then, yes, and so number two, Corey Lejoy at forty-two plus forty-two. Three, Chris Busher at plus thirty-two. Bush. And number four, number four, Todd Gilliland at plus twenty-eight. So from four to one, you go from plus twenty-eight to plus fifty-six. So we are killing them once the race starts. We are a scrappy bunch, and I said that last week. We went two laps down this race. Yeah. We, uh, we were a lap down on speed, and then we short-pitted, and caution came out. And while we were a lap down, we wound up two laps down. We took the wave around, obviously. We got that lap back. We got the lucky dog at the end of the race. We were running top 10 lap times uh, 
past Busher with a couple ago for 16th, was way faster than Bubba Wallace in 15th, but could not catch him uh, on that run. It was just, it was too far settled down. It was too late unless a caution happened, which I don't think anybody wanted to see because it could go either way. You could, we could have got a top 10 or we could have got destroyed like we did at Coda um, with the green, white checker restart. So I think everybody was content at that point just to see it run out. But yeah, man, just, we got to unload better. We got to qualify better. But this race team can scrap. Like, we know what we are doing. Right? We we continually make the car better over the course of the race. We got to we gotta stop getting lapped at the beginning. Like, we, we have to be faster from the start of the weekend. And once we figure that out, which that's kind of a company thing, again, look at the qualifying posts on social media. Um, but I, I think for right on brand for us, it was more of the same. Um, we, we started, we unloaded awful, we qualified terrible, we started slow, we finished top 16. So, I mean, it's a good job of in-race uh, adjustments. And I mean, that's, you, you want to take, take the positives and the negatives and, and sort of see where you can turn a, a whole weekend positive. And like you said, if you qualify better in the way you are competing during the race, if you can qualify inside the top 15, inside the top 10, you're going to have a shot at winning the race because I, the, I don't know, the pitch strategy and the way Ryan races, especially late in the race and the way he can hustle that car around there. And the way that it seems like the longer a race goes, <coughs> oh, excuse me, the more Ryan's talent seems to pop out and he is able to wrestle a car around a track faster than some of the other drivers are that their car's going away and they're not sure how to drive the same it. equipment. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, I think, I think the longer, especially on uh, like long green flag runs, I think uh, really pays off. So I, maybe, maybe y'all can do that this week y'all. Y'all looked good. Um, I didn't watch any of Sonoma, so I don't know how y'all did at Sonoma uh, driver wise, but I, I know at Coda, another road track or a, a race course, y'all were in it to win it at the end and just got spun on turn one but that's that's coda like that's just that's what's going to happen so yeah. you have to take the results at coda yeah. and, and think that you might have pretty good results or a pretty good chance this weekend in chicago yeah and sonoma was the same we were competitive at sonoma at least on lap times um uh, our road course and our short track stuff for for all that this intermediate is lacking i don't think the short track and uh road course stuff is nearly that on on that level um we we've competed at road courses and i don't think ryan's particularly a road course guy so that's saying a lot that he's able to to really be relevant at road courses um but yeah i, I think i expect more of that we hope for more of that but at the same time we have no idea how this race this race is a complete crapshoot uh kind of just do the best we can control what we can control and whatever happens happens and you talk about it this weekend you head up to chicago it is a street course it's gonna be a pretty cool setting man I, I can't wait to see what the track looks like up there it's gonna be very unique uh so we have some stuff going on today we have the nascar press pass at one garage hours open for xfinity at 1 30 and garage hours open for y'all the cup series at 4 30 and then tomorrow we get some of the televised stuff we have Xfinity practice on USA at 11 a.m. And then we have Xfinity qualifying at noon on USA. Then the big boys come out the Cup Series. They practice at 1.30 on USA. And then they qualify at 2.30 on USA as well. And then at 5 p.m. we have the Loop 121, the Xfinity race on USA tomorrow evening. And then flipping it over to Sunday, July 2nd. We have the Grant Park 220 at 5.30 p.m., and that will be on NBC. What you looking for this weekend, Matt? Who do you think is going to have a strong car up there in Chi-Town? Yeah, I, I, not to reiterate myself, but I, I really think this weekend is a crapshoot. I have no idea what to expect. This is anybody in the field's race to win, in my opinion. And I, I mean that. Yeah. I really think we could see... We could see, like, Ross Chastain go out and just dominate, and no one would be surprised. We could see freaking Michael McDowell or, you know, anybody, anybody, I don't know, anybody's game this week. Shane Van and Gisberg and uh, Gisberger, Gisbergen, uh, the, the Australian V8 Supercars guy. 
is in this race. And while normally road course ringers don't have a chance, and I still think he'll struggle uh, just having no experience in the cup car, at least has experience on street courses. And maybe the only driver in the field that knows how a street course um, behaves. So I think he may have a shot. If you like some soft earned dollars uh, for as, as much of a sure bet that there is, I, w- I would think that guy has a pretty good chance at a, at least a decent outing. Um, and uh, Jimmy Johnson was supposed to be in this race, but he had some horrific stuff happen with his family this past weekend. He will not be there. T's and P's to uh, Jimmy Johnson and that whole family and everything they're going through, man. I, I, I can't imagine what him and his wife and they're, they're going through emotionally and, and right now. And it's, uh, it's a bad time. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad Jimmy didn't try to race because it I don't I don't know how you would yeah. be able to focus um, after something like that would happen. You know, I talked about it on the podcast with Billy on Monday. I said NASCAR is a very unique sport where it, it all, the, the whole garage is almost one big family and when when tragedy strikes like this man it, it really it seems like the entire NASCAR community and family comes together for uh, to support people and to support families and everything when stuff like this happens yeah yeah it's certainly I mean because we're all in the same place every week for you know three quarters of the year uh, you get you get used to these people. You see their faces every week. You talk to them every week. Like I, it is a different atmosphere than I think any other sport, and it's what makes our sport so great. And uh, I think certainly it uh, it it also the other side of that is everybody feels everything harder when something like this happens because uh, there's no. You, you can't hide from it. It's very much in your face. Over to the IndyCar series. Uh, they are racing this weekend as well. We have all three major series uh, racing this weekend, NASCAR, IndyCar, and Formula One. They are at mid-Ohio, and their uh, s- session looks like this. Today at 3 o'clock, the IndyCar Practice 1 will be on the cock. Uh, and then tomorrow, IndyCar uh, practice number two at 9.45. That will be on the cock. Uh, and then the qualifying also on the cock on Saturday at 2.45. And then the race on USA at 1.30 in the NTT IndyCar Series Honda 200 at Mid-Ohio. One of my favorite tracks that IndyCar goes to. It's a nice little track tucked away there in the foothills of ohio no i'm just joking it's not in the foothills it's in the middle of a farm uh but it's a great track who, who do you who do you like here matt who do you like in the uh, mid ohio 200 for the indycar race uh, i think this is this has the feel of like a classic joseph newgarden Penske weekend i like that that's a good shout to me yeah yeah i you know what? i'm gonna go i'm gonna go scott mclaughlin I, I, think, okay. I think Scott McLaughlin is going to take this. I don't know why. I got a good. I got a good feeling about Scott this weekend. I think. I think Scott McLaughlin is going to come away uh, victorious this weekend up at Mid Ohio, and we flip over to Austria, just a little bit uh, away from Ohio in Chicago, where the other two main series are racing. <laughs> F1 is in Austria for the Austrian Grand Prix this weekend. Matt FP1 just wrapped up, and guess who is at the top of the leaderboard there? Max Verstappen. Yeah. By, be- how, by how much? That the real question is by how much faster is Max Verstappen than the field? It is two tenths over uh, Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc. Oh. Uh, yeah. So he was holding back. Yeah. So he, pro- he probably didn't probably didn't put it all the way down. I'm trying to get the, like eighty um, percent trying to nurse <laughs> that car to, to when it matters. It was on it was on hard tires and probably a full fuel load just to see what their race degradation looked yeah. like. Um, yeah. To just let's let's create the worst conditions for this car and see how much faster we are, and <laughs> and we'll gauge from that. Uh, so this weekend is going to look a little bit different for Formula One. Uh, FP1 today. It's already over. Um, all right, here we got the results. Let's look at the results. So Max is first. Carlos, uh, Charles, Lewis, Sergio, uh, Lance Stroll. Hey, look at that K Mag at seven. Uh, Fernando Alonso, George Russell, Guan Yu Zhou, Alexander Iabon. Uh, no real surprises, uh, except for Lando Norris being last, but that McLaren is hot, hot garbo at the moment. 
Uh, Man, McLaren, that might be like one of the steepest downfalls in F1. Like, on Will, Williams was bad, but McLaren, just from where they were, holy God, bad. I mean, they're they're bad, bad, bad. Uh, but this weekend looks a little different for F1. FP, uh, or, yeah, F1. FP1 was today. It's the only practice they get all weekend. Uh, and then qualifying is today at 11 o'clock. We have a sprint shootout tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. And then the actual sprint race at 10.30 a.m. And then the race is going to be at 9 a.m. on Sunday. Matt, who do you think is going to finish second? Uh, I'm going to go Checo. Because oh. this is Red Bull's playground. And they're going to make sure they um, have a one-two. Real? Okay. okay. If ever there was a weekend to guarantee a Red Bull one-two, uh, Austria is it. Well, Checo second. All right, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with uh, Charles. I think I think I think uh, okay. Ferrari gets. A, I think it's gonna be uh, Max one, Charles two, and Fernando Alonso three. I think that's what the. I think that's what the podium is gonna look like this weekend. We also I think there's a I think F two and F three are all racing um, this weekend as well. Yeah, F two and F three are all racing this weekend as well. So if you want to flip on ESPN Plus and you know watch as much motor racing as you possibly can like some people do i don't know who does that but some people do uh you know watch watch people F- who don't work yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but that's all i got people for this. who do racing podcasts <laughs> while they're on the clock to work <laughs> who would do that who would do that man i like um the lucky the lucky that's it. Hey, if you get if you get me a job in NASCAR, making as much money as I do with my normal car now or my normal job now, I'll come out. I'll come out on the road with you, and you know, I don't know what I'd do, but I'd come out there on the road with y'all. Yeah, if you get me a job doing what you do now for as much money as you make, I'll come off the road, and <laughs> we can just. I'll, I'll I'll just like be in a Discord, share my screen with you all all day long. And we'll do our little happy internet things, and then we'll do iRacing together. I'm telling you, hey, iRacing, yes. I just finished rebuilding my PC this week. So, uh, oh, sweet. I, I'm actually configuring, installing all the drivers, all the things you got to do, all firmware updates, and all of that uh, last night and this morning. I'm not going to get a chance to actually race. Uh, I'm about to hop in the shower and change and leave for the track. But, uh, yeah, so I'm pretty excited about it. I'm like a kid on Christmas morning right now. We got to get a series going once, probably during the off season. once you have a little bit of time, man. We got a, uh, we got a schedule, you know, a little short. I, you know, I, was, I was a little bit fiscally irresponsible a couple, couple uh, about a week or two ago. Um, I yeah, might, were you? I might have bought like five or six tracks and four or five cars uh, on iRacing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was like a late birthday present for me. So, yeah, I've been... I've been doing a bunch. Um, trying to think of what the I just I just raced one like old like an old F1 car. Um, I've been I've been going through that. That's been pretty entertaining. So uh, yeah, we need, we got to hook up. We'll get, we ought to start a, uh, a, a, a TM5 track talk uh, series. You know where we get some. We could probably even get some like NASCAR guys to hop in here. Um, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if Mason does i racing. That'd be pretty cool if he did. You can ask him. Get some drivers. Yeah, I'll ask him. You got any final thoughts before you head up to Chicago, man? No, I'm I'm good. I'm happy to sit down and actually do a full podcast with you um, this week. No, no hurry. No, nothing like last week where we had to throw one together. <laughs> uh, it was good. I I felt good about this episode. I had fun talking. To you. Yeah, me too, man. I enjoyed it. Uh, has safe travels up to Chicago, and we will see everybody next week. Same time, same place.